alive. That album like totally changed my life. Would you please welcome the pop recording artist Nirvana? Hello and welcome to another episode of Live Fix Radio. This is Chris. This is Colleen. And we're very excited to uh, share this episode with you guys. Uh, this is part two. Uh, back in uh, I think it was May or March or something like that, early, earlier in the year, we shared some of our favorite live albums and a lot has happened since uh, back in the springtime. There's been loads of live albums that have been released and some very pivotal ones, some very historical ones. And you might be thinking to yourself right now as you're listening to this, who cares about a live album? I mean, if there's a studio album out there... Who cares? Who the heck cares about a live album? What are you talking about? It's live music, man. Did you hear the guy from uh, Reality Bites? I mean, Peter Frampton changed his life. You know? Peter, you know, Frampton comes alive. But I think changed it, his life. the true question is, is it... Well... Is it the experience that changes that person's life, or can it be recreated on an album? Well, that's that's the million dollar question. I mean, that's the reason why we're doing this this show. You know, and will we, we have, answer uh, that today? We're gonna we're gonna try. We're gonna we're gonna try to uh, to do that. And uh, you know, because we're we're huge fans of uh, experiencing the music, but also one of the ways that we like to find out how an artist uh, you know performs live, you know, get a little taste of that energy, is to listen to a live album, you know, that they've recorded. And that's what we're going to do for you guys today. You know, some of these bands you may not have heard before. Some of them you probably have. But we're going to get into uh, three different, I'm sorry, four different uh, artists. Uh, and then we're going to give you a whole list of other live albums that, uh, if we played all, if we played tracks from all the albums that, live albums that were released this year, this would be like a billion hour uh, podcast. And we just don't have that amount of time. So we're going to give you a whole list of other uh, top albums that, that we've enjoyed. Uh, there's over... Literally hundreds of live albums that were released. So we're gonna boil it down, give you our our top picks, ones that we've we've enjoyed. So, uh, but before that, uh, you know, we have a uh, you know some uh, kind of adventure reporting. Uh, we've been been busy. Uh, it's November, you know, almost end of the year here. It's you know Christmas season, holiday season, all these types of things. I uh, hope everybody is surviving uh, live music or surviving the holidays. And hopefully music is allowing them to survive the holidays. Yes. Hopefully it's giving them that extra energy or that boost. I mean, right. most of you probably have live music on or some sort of music on, I should say, while you're cooking that turkey or, you know, wrapping some of those presents. Yeah, I mean, if the family events, you know, a family starts to get on your nerves, what do you what do? You do? I, I know what I do. I put my uh, headphones on, you know, and I try to block everybody out. Well, not if the family's here, though. You're talking about well, it depends which family. Yeah, but it depends which family members are here. I mean, I think that's really the you know. I hope no, no family's listening to this. Well, they probably are, but anyways, I love everybody. But live music is definitely getting us through the holiday season. 
you know, it's it's crazy. You gotta, you know, all this other kind of stuff. So, but we've been on some adventures, and we want to kind of give you guys a little bit of a sneak peek into some of those that we're going to be sharing on the show. And uh, one of them is uh, we had the pleasure of checking out uh, Theophilus London, uh, Brooklyn artist, um, kind of a mix of hip hop, rock, uh, post punk, R and B. Uh, really, really cool guy. Uh, great, great performer. We went out to the uh, uh, Remix Lab. Uh, last uh, last couple weeks or, or last weekend, I think it was. Yeah, it's all blending together, you know. Right by the too much the, turkey, I think. Right next to the lake or the river, I should say. Yeah, the River the East. Rivers, river yeah, the River East, East yes. Art Center. Fantastic show. Uh, Beautiful got... place. If you get a chance to check it out, or if you get a chance to do a show, you know, go to a show there. It was a great venue. Yeah, kind of a mixture. They actually it is uh, an art gallery, so it's kind of got an art gallery feel to it. Uh, high ceilings. Uh, the stage was kind of in the middle, towards the back. So you kind of we were all surrounded. We were surrounding, kind of like a half, you know, almost a circle and around. And they actually had a thing. car there. Yeah, that had a whole it's, mixing. Yeah, it's the Hyundai um, studio uh, inside it. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. You know, if I you know was going to buy a car that would. Uh, represent my live music experiences i might consider the uh the, you know the hyundai i think it was the volster that, that was there so it was kind of a interesting thing i mean it's uh kind of remind me of the batmobile you know and i always wonder how they get the cars in there yeah you know, but well i thought that they should have the car they should a lot of the fans they should have had a racetrack and they should have theophilus london playing in the middle while people were allowed to drive the car around you know and and you know, work working in there. You know, like that mm. some way because it was an art installation. So why not make the live music and the art and the car all together one? You know, because no, you know, nonetheless, it was a great experience, and um, I think I'm a new fan of his. Yeah, I'd like I've to been... see anything else that he comes out with. He had a huge fan base. People were, um, I mean, it was amazing how how he got the crowd going and. Uh, he he definitely has a huge huge yeah. following at this point. Yeah, it should be good. So we're gonna we're gonna share that on a uh, expand a little bit more, talk a little bit more about uh, about Theophilus London on, a, on another show. Just want to give you guys a little heads up on that. Share share a little adventures have been going on. Uh, next thing is that uh, we have a uh, interview coming up. Uh, another share another one with you guys about um, the U two Claw. So we had a chance to talk with an engineer from the U two Claw, uh, the three sixty tour, uh, the big monstrous claw that filled up the arenas we have an interview coming up uh, and if you're a youtube you. fan you don't want to miss that yeah. because i think this is probably what did he say this is the only interview that he did yeah so i mean this is this, there'll be some there's some good um information on there if you, you actually saw the claw um, you definitely want to check this podcast out and that's going to be next yeah we actually have an infographic that is one of my favorite infogra- infographics i've seen the whole year and probably one of my top 10 all fa- you know all-time favorite concert you know, centric infographics about the about the claw, and we'll have that in the show notes for uh, for this episode. So you gues can go check that out at uh, what is it livefixblog.com right? Yep, livefixblog.com <laughs> Check course, it out. Of course it is. I don't why I have to ask. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, so the other thing is that uh, we are uh, talking with Kay Flay, uh, rapper, singer, songwriter uh, from originally from Chicago, moved out to. Uh, uh, the uh, West Coast, uh, Stanford uh, University uh, graduate, and had a chance to talk with her. So that's also coming up in another week. So just a little couple, uh, you know, a few housekeeping issues there. Uh, kind of get let you guys know what's coming down the pipeline. But um, now it's time to 
to get into live music, live albums. You know, this is part two. This is an episode that, uh, it, it, for me, it's epic. I don't, I don't know about you, Colleen, but I'm getting goosebumps right now. But, you know, just thinking about what we're, what we're about to talk about. Because these are some historic concerts that uh, have been recorded. And, have, you know, fans have been passing them around. Uh, you know, the music industry has, you know, cultivated these specific tracks to, you know, create a certain energy, uh, you know, to connect with fans' emotions. So the, the emotional significance of this whole thing should not be... And I'm trying to think of my favorite, because when you say that, I kind of have to think back, have I had that experience with some of my favorite artists, their live albums? And actually, if I look back, I can think of, I believe it was the Bare Naked Ladies live album. Bare Naked Ladies. And that was probably better than their studio album. I would listen to that all the time. Is that the same as the uh, the Bare Naked Ladies? they have a, a movie. We watched it before. Uh, the Bare, uh, no, 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 Bare Naked is, Across America. No, this is actually their live live album, live and that album. that I would well, listen to before yeah. I listen to the regular album. Wow. So. Well, they're a great. They're they're a great live band. They have a lot of energy. They're funny, and you know, so I could I, I could see that. And I think you know some of my favorite live albums, you know, of all time, uh, definitely Johnny Cash at uh, Folsom Prison. Uh, kind of interesting history about that is that there's a part where uh, you know he's kind of riling them up, and the studio recording actually they added some hooting and hollering that the prison that prisoners didn't actually do during that uh, during that time. So there's some controversy and some interesting uh, studio manipulations that went on during that. But I love that sh- I love that that got concert. I, I listened listened to that at least. It actually was called the Rock Spectacle. Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, Bare Naked Ladies. Rock Spectacle? That, what, what year? It it came out... When was that? Uh, surfing a little bit here? It looks like it came out in 1996. 1996. A long time right. ago, yeah. November 19th, 1996. Yeah. So actually... You know, in November, so around um, around this time last, you know, years, a couple of years ago. Well, now, now I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. So, cool. Christmas shopping is uh, it's done. No, just kidding. I'm, you know, maybe stocking stuff or something. But uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, live albums. Everybody's got one. You know, like our our friend from Reality Bites. There, you know, live music. No questions asked. Uh, certain albums, even if you were there at the show, or if you weren't there at the show. Listening to something like that uh, can change your life. Because I know most of the albums that I love, I most of them I wasn't there at the sh- at the show. You know, I kind of I did some Twitter searching and you know was asking some fans you know about live albums that they own or some of their favorites. And it's actually their favorites are ones that they actually weren't there. They were ones that they enjoyed that artist, maybe haven't had a chance to see them. And obviously Johnny Cash, he died. You know, I never and I couldn't go back to 1964 or whatever, to see him in Folsom Prison. So, kind of interesting. Well, and I would say that I can think of two artists that their live albums didn't even compare to the experience I had when I was at the show. Yeah, yeah. So, the first one is Grateful Dead in 1995, their last show at Soldier Field. I've gotten a couple bootlegs and a couple of release stuff that was from that show, and it just didn't compare to... What I saw there, what I experienced there, 
um, it was just, it was a great time and, um, the fans, it was just a great experience and it, it just can't be captured in that. And, and I've tried to envision being yeah. back at that time. It just was, it's not the same thing. And also, um, we had saw Amy Winehouse, Lollapalooza, ah, I think yeah. 2007. Yep. And, um, I actually was able to track down a kind of a bootleg copy online and it was more streaming, um, not anywhere close to how she sounded and, and the experience that I, ex- you know, when I was there, I just be being there to see that and hear that. I mean, that's a once in life. And now that she's passed, it's a once in lifetime. Yeah. Amy, Amy Winehouse, and... she never recorded a live album as far, as far as I know. Um, you know, we could research that and, and look that up, but you know, some of these artists, uh, what's interesting, we'll, we'll get into this, uh, in, in a little bit later in the show, but, uh, since we're talking about it now, there's, uh, you know, an interesting way that the studio albums, uh, versus live albums, they come at different points, and a lot of uh, actually, most of the artists that we're sharing with you today, these are their very first live albums. They've never recorded one, so live albums in in the course of the an, uh, artist's history, they tend to come at different points where either maybe you know they've signed a contract and they just have to, you know, they got to deliver an album. So why not just plug into the soundboard? Boom, you got an album. You save money. You don't have to buy studio time. And, you know, you've uh, given something special, unique, you know, for the fans. The other piece is the live records are, it appears, or live albums are, it appears are very easy for your DIY community to, to put together. So if a band, you know, is kind of struggling to get the right. money together for an album, they could put a live, you know, release out. It, it looks like it really only takes a computer, you know, a few hundred CDs and, you know, a program mm-hmm. to really put that together. Yeah, so technology has made it really easy for uh, fans or bands just starting out to connect with their fans. You know, even uh, shoot, you can even you know record a live album at the show, download it, put it on something, and hand it to fans. You know, right there, or even the next day. You know, you tweet about it. They're following you on Twitter, and you say, "Hey, we just recorded this. You know, this uh, this album. Here's a download link to go get it on our website." And you keep that relationship going through the live experience, through the uh, recording, relatively easy and cheap for a, for a band to do. And know? I think you have to look at, you know, is it is it better to listen to something that's edited or unedited? Because mm-hmm. I listened to some edit, unedited stuff that just some person, you know, taped um, you you know, a, a show, a fan, a I fan should say recorded, a fan, fan you know, recorded it. And, um, I mean, it it tasted, it tasted, it, it, it uh, was you tried to amazing. You tried to eat it? <laughs> No, just kidding. Andrew. Plan words. Um, it was amazing to to hear, and you know, then I've heard like edited stuff, and I'm like, I, it just doesn't even feel like you're there. Maybe a couple claps, and that's it. Yeah, you know. So it, it sounds like an, uh, a studio album. Yeah, well, it's interesting you bring that up because that was what I noticed when I was listening to the the four albums, four tracks we're going to share with you today are the uh, uh, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Tegan and Sarah and uh sugar ross and um what's interesting about those is that uh the, the albums are very different you can tell that there is a different production quality to them uh some of these are bootleg uh like the nirvana uh track uh 1990 bleach Nevermind tracks uh pre um you know pre-released playing at a, a now defunct club so there's definitely a quality to that, and I noticed that uh, you know that impacts how you listen to it. Uh, you know the emotional connection that you make. You know depending on, you know does it have that gritty sound or is it really clean, kind of overproduced? You know does it capture crowd noises? Does it capture, 
you know, the swooning of the crowd. Um, you know, we'll see all those different things are kind of pl- kind of at play with these tracks that we've uh, selected. You know, again, a lot of these are historic, especially the Pearl Jam and Nirvana uh, ones. Uh, but you'll definitely see a difference in how these tracks were recorded and, you know, the emotional connection that you get, you know, with that. So that's it's, it's good that you bring that up because that's... Uh, definitely at play with what we're here. So without further ado, we're going to get into our first track and we're kind of going to, we're, we're going to, we'll, you know, we'll jump uh, kind of back and forth here from, from tracks. But the first one that we're going to play here, um, got a little sneak peek of it at the beginning. Uh, this is Pearl Jam uh, from the movie 20, uh, but also a uh, soundtrack. The movie was directed by Cameron Crowe and uh, there was a soundtrack that uh, was released alongside of that. Of course, in part one of our podcast earlier in the year, we we shared a uh, Pearl Jam track from uh, Live on 20, uh, 20 Legs, I believe was the, the name of the album. So Pearl Jam's actually released two live albums this year. And what we're going to play for you is this first one <clears throat> from uh, It's Better Man. And uh, it, they, they actually use it in the trailers for the movie, which is very wise because... The moment in this show, uh, you know, the stadium is full, uh, and Eddie Vedder kind of turns over the crowd, uh, turns over the mic to the crowd, and he just, you know, it's interesting to watch him. If you get a chance to watch his movie, it's really cool because he's letting the crowd kind of take over, you know, and they're all singing the chorus of Better Man, and it kind of gives you goosebumps to, to be in that. And uh, it's a great, great track to, you know, get a, a gist for the whole, whole album itself, which has lots of other great tracks on there uh, back when Pearl Jam was Mookie, uh, Mookie Blaylock and you know some of these other um, different tracks that you may not have heard before when uh, Pearl Jam was just kind of coming up and getting popular. So without further ado, here's Better Man and when we come back we'll get into Nirvana, Tegan and Sarah and uh, Sugar Ross.
uh, welcome back here. Yeah, that was a pretty interesting track. I, I like that uh, Better Man track uh, a lot uh, from uh, from Pearl Jam. So now we're moving uh, to Nirvana. So Nirvana also celebrating 20 years. You know, grunge, you know, all those types of things. Uh, grunge changed the world. Well, um, it, it influenced definitely my generation. Um, you know, just I mean, it was amazing how. Yeah people bought into that very quickly, that whole grunge concept, and it was kind of against what, you know, was going on at the time, and um, and he just, he did a good job of gathering fans. It was almost a, a little mini movement, I would say, as far as, um, you know, art, it changed art, it changed music, mm-hmm. changed culture in a lot of ways. Um, there was a lot of bands, I think, that came out of that. Smashing Pumpkins was around that time. Yeah, Maybe a so, little bit before that. Yeah, and it was an interesting time too, and that's uh, you know this next track that we're playing here from Nirvana. You know they have a, a reissue of Nevermind uh, with this fall, and um, you know to be quite honest, you know we listened to it. I listened all the way through it, and uh, Nirvana, the Nevermind track, uh, the Nevermind album, has a bunch of reissue or uh, you know never before released live tracks, uh, some studio outtakes. Uh, appearances on the BBC and things like that, but the ones that they have at the, um, uh, you know, at the studio or uh, you know at the uh, the venues, you know, that that they have on there just aren't as um, you know as interesting. So it's it's something where you know we're we're gonna play a track here that's uh, from uh, it was actually kind of unearthed uh, uh, from uh, who is it here. Uh, um, WFNX, sorry, I had to kind of look that up there, but this is uh, from 1990. It's actually a recording at the now defunct, uh, you know, no longer in existence uh, club uh, called Man Ray. And I love this track because it's, you know, it's not, uh, you know, you won't find it on any uh, Nirvana album, but somebody has posted it and it kind of spread around. And you may have heard this before, but, you know, I haven't, so I wanted to share it with you guys because it's. Uh, it, you know, it's gritty, it's grimy, and it's uh, very raw, and I think it really encapsulates the the feeling that you get from, um, you know, from a Nirvana show. I, I never had a chance to see Nirvana live, and Colleen's got some... Uh, well, I, bo- I just, I just uh, gathered... A, a book um, here. I just gathered a book that, and I'm sure some of you who are Nirvana, well, huge you, Nirvana fans... What do you got there? Um, ...have read, but it's the Kurt Cobain Journals, uh, and... Um, it, I mean, I it, it changed the way that I saw him. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed his music growing up, but um, you know, his music w- was just not enough, you know. And so I, so I think there's just so more, so much more about him that people didn't really understand. And then when you start reading these journals, you see more. And he writes a little bit. Um, he's got all kinds of uh, poems and things about the live music experiences that he had, and mm. um, he titled one. Um, Arrows Zeppelin. So it's kind of like a mix of a, a band was Aerosmith and Zeppelin combined. Uh-huh. Kind of talks about that. And um, he does say something, you know, he talks about fans in there. It says, the poem says, What's the season in a right if you can't have anything? What's the reason in a rhyme if a plan means any anything? What's the meaning in a crime? It's a fan, if anything. Where's a leaning in a line? is a brand is a brand Hmm. um how culture comes again it was all here yesterday and you swore it's not a trend doesn't matter anyway 
They're only here to talk to friends. Nothing new is every day. You could shit upon the stage. There'll be fans if you brand, if you brand, if you brand. Hmm. So, all the kids will eat it up. If it's packaged properly, steal a sound and imitate. Keep a format equally. Not an ode, just the facts. Where our world is nowadays, an idea is what we lack. It doesn't matter anyways. Hmm. So he was very, um, that's how a lot of his songs are, you know, and especially in this live, live album. He's very poetic, but he also has an underlying um, resistance to um, the brand or, you know, he loved his fans, but he hated the industry that, that, that um, I guess, fed off the fans. Right. And a lot of his interviews, he talks about that. So if you get a chance to read the journals, I would... Yeah, there's some other it. yeah, there's some other really great moments where he's kind of reflecting on what it's like to connect with fans during the show and and one of the things that I've always enjoyed is uh one of my favorite uh concert reviews that I've that I've read to describe uh what Kurt Cobain looked like uh comes from Greg Cott of the Chicago Tribune. He described uh what it was like to see uh Kurt Cobain at the Metro um and he described it by saying that it was if um, Kurt Cobain was constantly in the jaws and, you know, being ripped, ripped around the stage by a Rottweiler, you know, and that's kind of how he described what it was like to experience, you know, Kurt Cobain, you know, Nirvana playing live at, you know, at the Metro. So that, that's a, it's an image that you, uh, you know, you, you, you can't get out of your mind with that. And I was thinking of that image when I was listening to this, you know, live at Man Ray. Uh, you know, recording. Um, it's awesome because you get the excitement when you're listening to it because you you can hear, you know, the uh, the I think it's the promoter um, Bruce. Um, look at his name here, but uh, you you can just get that. You know, this is uh, they're 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 here and uh, this is from 1990. So, and I would love if there are any fans out there that keep um, maybe fan journals or keep journals about their experience at live shows. I would love to have them on the on the on the podcast yeah. and, and just see what that what that's like cuz I, I do know there are, and there are also probably fans that follow musicians that have seen hundreds of shows for that one band. I would love to see if um, if they keep a journal just getting uh, you know involved in learning what they maybe have them read some of the journal back to us on the podcast. That would be great. Yeah, that would be awesome cuz we actually you know we've started to do that a little bit cuz I kind of do the same thing and uh, I'd love to see what everybody else could come up with you know what everybody else is experiencing so uh, yeah absolutely especially if you've been at some of these these shows that we're talking about uh, we'd love to hear you know your own personal stories about how that show changed your life so here's a little uh, piece from uh, Live at Man Ray uh, that unearthed uh, live recording uh, from Nirvana when we come back we're going to take a look at Tegan and Sarah and uh, Sugar Ross Please welcome Punch Rock and Crack Smoke and Safe Worship and Motherfuckers! So- 
Nirvana playing uh, some tracks that uh, were pre-Bleach and pre-Nevermind, uh, so kind of cool to hear hear those tracks, uh, energy in the crowd, uh, kind of bubbling over uh, with with that. And uh, our next artist here that we're next uh, live track uh, from you know an album that was released uh, in uh, November, as comes from Tegan and Sarah, so the duo, um, Canadian duo, yes, Canadian Canadian twin duo, yeah, yeah. So they're uh, they're, they're 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 influential. I mean, they're you know uh, the White Stripes have covered them, and uh, you know they've kind of have a you know they have a pretty dynamic sound. You know, I I was listening to you know uh, listened all the way through Get Along is their uh, newest live album that they just released. It also comes with a DVD that uh, kind of tells some stories uh, behind um, you know behind the making of albums, what it's like for them to go on tour, and some other things. The movie's actually been screening in uh, some. Uh, cities across the country it's one of those great cds to just listen all the way through Mm -hmm. you know if you've got you know you've got a project you're working on it's a great like kind of not a background but it's just a great thing to listen to um to motivate if you're in the car we listen to it in the car right and it was just a you know it's a great sound it's um it's very um it's a little quieter than yeah. Some of their other stuff, but I love that. I love that about them, and um, they're just am- they're very on sync as far as playing and their and their guitar, and, and I think that's a lot to do with just that natural ability as twins to to see each other on stage and under, you know see, feel each other. So yeah, yeah, it's interesting because uh, you know a lot of their albums you know have a lot of production to them, and it, they're really well produced and. You know, it's uh, there are a bunch of layers to them, and you know, there's a lot of emotions going on around there, and you just you get pulled into them. And I think what was fascinating to me listening to this is that uh, a lot of these songs that they're playing are actually stripped down versions of some of their songs, and they still hold up. You know, they still have that intimacy with with the recording. Um, a little odd that you a lot of this you can't really hear crowd noise. It counts sounds kind of like a studio album a little bit, but. Um, but it's not really because, you know, you can hear them, you know, they interact a little bit with, with the fans and they, you know, they, uh, say some things at different points, which is kind of interesting. Um, but, um, this track is called Alligator and it's, uh, you know, again from, uh, Get Along with, uh, Tegan and Sarah. So, uh, we're at, uh, song number four. We got one more to go. And, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about, uh, Sugar Ross and, uh, they're interesting, uh, yeah, they have a, a CD box set that uh, has a has a twist to it. So when we come back, we'll get into that. Sensitive, it's true. Alligator tears cried over you. I'll die without Relentless, yes, it's true My mo- 
I'd sooner die without Run around with zombie I'll die Tegan and Sarah Alligator off of uh, Get Along, and we're into the home stretch here, ladies and gentlemen. Live music fans, hope you're enjoying this live albums of 2011 part two. And uh, our next album, uh, we're going to jump across the Atlantic Ocean and we're going to uh, Iceland to check out a live show track from uh, Sugar Ross. And I hope I'm saying that correctly because the, the thing about this band is that you know they're uh, Icelandic. And they sing all their songs in their native language. And what's amazing about this band is that, you know, we've, uh, you know, we've talked with uh, some fans previously on Live Fix about experiencing them in different places. And I think what's interesting about this band is that um, they have such a, a world, um, a worldwide audience, and they don't sing most of their lyrics, are, you know, in English or in, you know, any other language besides their own. You know, they're a very um, symphonic, you know, atmospheric band that just really, they, they speak the universal, I guess music has like a universal language. I think this band really speaks that, that whole, you know, quality about them because these guys, um, they recorded their, this, this album called Any. And ho again, I hope I'm saying that right because uh, some of these words, um, that's what they look like in English. I-N-N-I -N -N -I is the name of this live album that the song is from. And the name of the song is Ni Batterai. And again, I'm trying my best to uh, to well, say these words. I don't speak. We need to get uh, some, uh, some uh, fan from out there to come on the podcast that knows English. Yeah, set me straight. You know, let, let me know. And I think that's... 
You know, uh, that's what I was wondering too when I'm listening to you. Please correct them if you feel the need. Yeah. Uh, We're okay with critiques and corrections. Yeah, if you're on uh, if you're on Twitter right now, go to at uh, Live Fix Media and uh, send me uh, you know a message saying, "Hey, Chris, this is how you say their uh, their name and pronunciation, and all those, those types of things." So, but in any case, uh, the backstory behind Sugar Ross's latest album is really interesting because it has um, uh, exclusive quality to it. That uh, you know they recorded it live at uh, at the venue, but in the CD box sets um, for fans, they included clipped up pieces of the band members' clothing from that actual show. So when you buy this limited edition, you know Sugar Ross CD, the any, you actually get you know the live DVD as well, which is really cool, and um, but you get a piece of the clothing from. The, the clothing that the band was wearing during the set. So, you know, fans are always asking, you know, they love to get sweat on, you know, they love to get, you know, all types of, you know, bodily fluids, they I like guess. They steal you know? scarves. The, the That's spirit. what I saw. Yeah. The show that we were at. Yeah, they, Theophilus uh, London, a fan, a fan ripped, ripped the ripped scarf right, right out of his you know? um, pocket, back kind pocket. Kind of like And Elvis. he grabbed it back, and she was mad yeah. at that. Yeah. It's, it's his stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, you don't, you don't have a free reign to steal if, you know, you're a fan. <laughs> right, right. So it's, uh, you know, it's tough to uh, to see that go on. But uh, Sugar Ross has, has made that part of live music into the studio recording. So very, very cool. I like, I really liked how they did, you know, they did that. And uh, definitely one of the most unique live uh, recording releases of 2011. So here, uh, you know, without any further ado, here's that track. And when we come back... We're going to wrap this show up with a whole list of um, other albums that, uh, fortunately, we couldn't play here because it would be just way too long. But we're, we're going to give you guys a lowdown on all this stuff, and we're going to let you know where you can find it.
right, we're in the home stretch. Now it's time to talk about. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that that Sugar Ross um, track. You know, and I think it's uh, it's pretty interesting. So if you ever been to a Sugar Ross show, we definitely want to hear your experiences. Um, I know the one fan we talked to, she saw them at the uh, MoMA Museum of Modern Art in Chicago, and she said it was one of the f- best shows she's ever been to. You know, just because of that, seeing that band in that location, that the venue combined with you know, Sugar Ross's music. Ever they have kind of odd Outstanding. stage setups too. Like they will play in the middle of the mm. crowd and then the crowds around them. I've heard that different, we'll they do different around, stuff. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Very cool. We'd love to get some more uh, Sugar Ross stories here on Live Fix. So hit us up at uh, Live Fix uh, on Twitter at uh, Live Fix Media uh, Twitter handle. So cool. All right. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're wrapping up this show. Uh, we're excited, uh, to share all these things with you. And, um, the very first, uh, you know, we started off the show with a sound bite from uh, reality bites about, uh, Frampton comes alive. So there's a 35th, an- uh, 35th anniversary of that album is this year and they've reissued it again. And, uh, it's a 35 pretty- years, 35 years since wow. that, since that wow, album okay. was first released. Can you imagine that? Wow. I mean, that's... So a live CD has, has ventured that far, 35 years, yes, and it's it still has. popular today. It's still changing lives. I mean, I listened to it. You know, I really hadn't gotten into Peter Frampton a whole lot, but in preparation for the show, you know, I dove into that recording, and uh, I could totally understand how that album... I mean, I felt a lot like that, that guy in Reality Bites. You know, I, 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 I'm there. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling that with him, so... Uh, so they've re-released it. There's some different tracks in here, and we're gonna have links to some interesting facts about this uh, this recording because it's got a whole bunch of backstory to it. Uh, it was recorded in a couple different places: the Winterland in uh, San Francisco, and uh, and then also all the way across New York. And the fact about this album is that this is really the album that broke Peter Frampton. You know, really. You know, it spent a bunch of time at the pop, you know, top of the charts, the Billboard charts, and uh, it was influential in how to take an artist who maybe wasn't well known and use a live recording to promote them on a on a bigger scale. So, um, kind of a blueprint for uh, you know for the music industry and how to do that to for fans. So, and it sets the stage, it changes lives. Uh, you know, so that one's coming out, uh, and also uh, we're gonna we're gonna blaze through these other these other ones here. Uh, Rodrigo and Gabriella, uh, live in France. Great band to see live. Those guys rock. I mean, it's uh, acoustic metal music, and you have to see Rodrigo and to Gabriella to, to see this thing. To I mean, it's only it, yep. if you only listen to this to their live recordings, you're only getting half of the package. You're only getting half of the pleasure, basically, because. They do some amazing things watching them. Uh, I, I think the way I described it before when we reviewed them for, uh, you know, a, a couple years ago was it was like a, a hyperactive tarantula, like on speed, w- w- was, was the way that uh, Gabriella's hand looked like when she was, I mean, they moved so fast in her picking and strumming. Flamingo it's style. Flamingo, I mean, it's, yeah. It's flamingo style for sure. Amazing. And, um, they must have a lot of fake nails that they put on just to keep up with because uh, they definitely you know are really um strumming and and it's very intense but if you get a chance to check them out do so yeah they're they're awesome that's so, a 2c show before you die 
Yeah. I think we need to start a list of like a bucket list of shows to people Bands, to see yeah. before to see. either they die or you die. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. We definitely have to do that. Uh, yeah, and, and the thing about Rodrigo and Gabriella is that, you know, we were talking about earlier about how bands play, you know, or um, use live albums to get popular, you know, and to kind of get on fans' radar. And Rodrigo and Gabriella definitely fall into that um, that category because they had another live album called Live in Dublin, and um, of all places, um, they, they're just awesome live. And I think they're, they're again, they're a great example of... Um, you want to get a band known, or you want to spread the you know, the the news about them. Record these guys and put them on because you can hear. It. And and this album too, you you hear the crowd, you hear the roars, you hear the cheers, you hear the whole primal carnal thing going on that they they stir up inside of you. So uh, it's 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 some cool stuff. So Rodrigo and Gabriela live in France just released. Uh, uh, this year, and then also uh, Galactic. They're a band, a kind of a funk. Uh, blues jam band, uh, and they have a new album called uh, "Other Side of Midnight" live in New Orleans. Got a whole bunch of people on there. You got the uh, one of the Neville brothers. You got Trombone Shorty, uh, just going to town on uh, you know on the horns. And these guys are another another band, Galactic, totally awesome live. I haven't seen them before, but I've talked to some fans that have, and uh, I think they'd be on the you know one of the bucket list, you know, because they just have that. That jam band, you know, let's just, you know, let's just start wailing on the guitars and, you know, keyboards and, and just see what happens. And again, you can hear them, you know, unlocking all these, like, emotions in the, during this album. You know, it just kind of goes along and there's it's seamless. It's recorded in one night as opposed to some albums where they record part of the live album in one city and then you have the other part of the album recorded in a different city. I think that's just a weird thing. Like, it's just, it, it plays with the dynamics of the recording. But this one, uh, Other Side of Midnight, all recorded one night in New Orleans. Definitely got to check them out. And Galactic, they're a really cool band because they have a lot of uh, downloads. Uh, they, you know, they're kind of a jam band thread uh, type of band where they, they offer free downloads. So go to... Uh, livefixblog.com we're going to have all the notes uh, where you guys can download and you know uh, dive into these bands a little bit more uh, next one is Counting Crows so August and Everything After uh, was released yay for Counting Crows yeah. I've seen them live and yeah. um, I actually saw them with John Mayer really John up Mayer in, wow. up in Wisconsin so wow. um, it was quite a show good show and they, they put on a live you know they put on a great live show and I can't wait to hear it yeah yeah, and this this album is is uh, interesting to you because uh, you know uh, Adam totally blanking on his name. Uh, sorry, but uh, he's uh, definitely. Uh, I I would love to see him. He, he, there's just moments on this album that uh, around here starts out the the live album, and it's really something that um, you just I don't know, it, it draws it really draws you in. He's kind of jamming on. You know, on that on that area. So, uh, Adam Adam Duritz, thank you, thank you, Colleen, thank you, Google, uh, Colleen, you're awesome. Uh, oh, yeah, always kind of on the uh, the fact checking. So, yeah, Adam Duritz, and there's just a moment in the beginning of this album that really sets the whole tone for uh, you know for the rest of the uh, the experience. Uh, so definitely check that out. Next one is um, Florence and the Machine. Uh, 
again, another band uh, from you know. From I'm really the, starting to like her. You know, I'm know, starting to really like that you, band. You At like first, her. I was like, yeah, but I, I like. Um, I think it was the name. Florence and the Machines. I didn't really cool like name. the name. And instead of using no, at and, first they I didn't the plus, like it. I just, signs. you know, I, I think I like short names. You know, I don't like these long, drawn out like. But names they're epic. And, yeah, Florence but the machine, they're you know. Lately, Florence it just seems machine, like the names keep you know? getting bigger and bigger. I don't know if we're running out of names for bands, but you know, it just. <laughs> I wasn't feeling it, but her music is, um, it's really starting to grow on me, and I really am appreciating and enjoying listening to it, and their live album is is pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, and what's uh, another uh, interesting fact about this band is that uh, this is the very first live album, so it's live at the Wiltern, and it was recorded last year, 2010, and it was an iTunes-only exclusive release. And um, one of the things I was curious about with Florence and the Machine is that one of my favorite songs and one of the songs that is really one of their most popular songs is, you know, The Dog Days Are Over. And that is a, it's an epic song, you know, and it's uh, it's definitely got a story to it. Uh, if you take a look at the lyrics and kind of the backstory on it, it is uh, equally interesting as it is to just listen to her perform that. Uh, her, her vocals are, um, I mean, she, she gives you chills, you know, and she kind of takes you on these, this journey um, that she's having inside of her and it kind of manifests out like when you're listening to it. It's pretty pretty sweet stuff. But what's interesting about them is that I was curious to see do they end every show with Dog Days Are Over? And in fact, they do. Um, so fans know when you go to a Florence and the Machine show, you're obviously in your mind, you're going and you're like, can I, I want to listen to, the, you know, is she going to play it? Of course they're going to play it. So I've been looking at all the set lists and every single set list that, she, that they're doing, they're ending that with that show. So, Kind of an interesting, interesting fact. I guess we could, you know, explore that a little bit later too, and see what. Uh, and, they, and they have about six members too. Six members. So it's yeah. not just when you hear Florence and Machine, you almost think like who is the it's machine? Her and maybe you know a few members, but no, she's got. There's a six. It's a six band, six piece band or six yeah. member band. Yeah, so. it was great to see them on the uh, the VMAs. I believe they uh, they played last year and um, very kind of. 60s elements, you know, Jefferson Airplane kind of uh, psychedelia with indie rock kind of mixture to it, soul and blues, all, you know, all kind of mixed together. Excellent, excellent stuff, even better live. So very, very good. I, I, I love that band. I'm getting more and more into them, you know. So the next, uh, the last one we have on the list, uh, another late uh, arrival uh, here in 2011, obviously, as music fans, um, you know, the music industry knows that, you you know, this is, you know, Black Friday uh, just recently passed and um, fans are buying stuff. You know, fans want to buy albums. So the bulk of these albums that we're talking about have come from September on or even, you know, mid-November on. So definitely in line with what people, when people are buying. So the very last album that we have here is uh, Rush and um, Time Machine. So live in Cleveland. Um, Rush, they they're they're uh, they're a band that uh, you know. If I could be com- completely honest, I I don't know about you, Colleen, but uh, I never have never really gotten into them. You know, I mean, I know you know the Tom Sawyer and you know all those types of things. But I had some friends you know in high school and college that were like really really into them. You know, and I always wondered why. You know, what what is it about the band that you just connect with? Because I just had a kind of a hard time understanding. What, you know what's going on there, but listening to this album, it clicked. Like 
I got it. Like, I understand what it was like. Listening to Rush just on album is, you know, like Rodrigo and Gabriela is only half of the picture. You have to, you know, experience them. And Rush, especially this album, Time Machine. And they have a huge fan base. I get it. They have I, a huge fan it. base. Huge. And yeah. I would love to maybe even do a whole podcast on Rush fans. Oh, yeah. Because there's just a whole whole bunch of them and they collect Rush you know, merchandise and there's a whole market for, for that band. Yeah, and they have, uh, uh, I watched it a couple times already, the uh, uh, Northern, no, they, they have a live album. What's the name of their, their um, documentary that uh, that they have is uh, is really good. I've seen it a couple times on the uh, the cable here. So, but anyways, we'll, we'll have notes. Um, and we have a bunch of other um live albums that we're going to be sharing with you guys and you can go to livefixblog.com we're going to have all the show notes but that just about wraps it up um but uh you know, lighted stage it's called what's that rush beyond the lighted stage yes you're two for two man awesome thank you yes beyond the lighted stage if you're a rush fan or you really want to know more about rush that's, that's watch that rush watch that is another canadian band yep canadian band yep so um I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed we don't have a, a lot of um, staters, you know, United States people on any well, we bands. We're, we're representing. We got a few. A few Canadians, a few Icelanders. Nirvana and Pergen. Nir- Pearl okay. Jam. All right. So it's pretty apple, pretty equal. A- a- apple pie and, uh, you know, I don't know what else am I trying to say that's American. <laughs> Baseball. Football, right? I mean, well, Maybe get, we yeah. need to up our game a little bit. I'm feeling. Maybe. I mean, but music is universal, especially live music. I mean... You go to a show, where you're from doesn't really matter. It's where you're at, right? I mean, that's hip-hop recently famously you know, stated that. So that just about wraps it up, everybody. Um, we're going to continue this experiment, though, you know, this whole theme, because the idea of where did the live album, as we know it today in 2011, where did it come from? And one answer to that is it came from bootlegs. It came from fans going to shows with... Um, you know, recorders, uh, you know, different things like that. I mean, we, we go to shows, you know, and I have my iPod touch with me and I have, you know, the iRig microphone and I'm recording that and I have an app on there. The, um, is that legal? Is it legal? Yeah. Sure. I can record it. I'm listening. I could listen to it, you know, in privacy of my own home, but I guess once it gets legal is the point where you're, you know, distributing it and you're taking away from the revenue and uh, you don't have the blessing of the band you're taking away from people buying it. But technology has evolved and we're going to explore that. We're going to explore the whole history of the bootleg on, on uh, you know, upcoming shows. And uh, we're also going to look at the whole topic of, you know, is it cheaper? You know, bands are trying to make as much money as they can because people aren't buying albums. So if you can make money which bands are these days, most most of the money made is at tours, you know, touring. So if you can kind of double dip, record a live album, save money, because from what I know, the it's cheaper to buy or to record an album live instead of paying for studio time and all these other kind of things. So we're going to explore all those types of things and, you know, look at uh, one of the big topics. I think you and I have been talking about this a whole bunch is album or bands that are good live but have made bad studio albums 
I know one of your favorite bands, Colleen, falls into that category. Yes, The Grateful Dead. The Grateful Dead. And they were right? very honest about it, too. They've been very open that their studio albums just aren't good. Don't don't measure up. Yeah. Just don't measure up to what they can do live. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to look at bands like that. They and... actually make more money on their live stuff than they do their studio albums. Yeah. I know it's it's painful to talk about but they're honest. I mean, you you have it or you don't, you know, with with the live thing and I think it's 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 something that struggle, you know, struggle uh it's a pain point, you know, artists and bands engineers you know market companies they struggle with uh with that so we're, we're going to explore that we're going to see really what are all the elements playing around in that on a future episode so that just about wraps it up everybody again go to livefixblog.com to uh get all the show notes and tell us what you think you know if there's a if you're like our, our buddy in uh, reality bites you know and, and your life has been changed by uh frampton comes alive or florence and the machine or bare naked ladies bare naked ladies or any of the bands that uh, you know we've talked about, we want to hear it. So again, follow us, uh, you know, on Facebook. Uh, sla- it's uh, Facebook.com/livefix, and also on Twitter, uh, Livefix Media. Just put that in after the little Twitter handle thing and find us there. We'd love to have you, you know, interact with us and tell us what you think. So until our next uh, next podcast, everybody take care and uh, enjoy the show. Thanks for listening.